Live from Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by tro- pro-Trump Republican Doug Ibendahl, that's in our second hour, Josh Cantro, a moderate Republican and attorney in hour number one, Kip Knudsen, who's a congressional candidate as a Democrat, coming up in our primary in Illinois, and Mike Miller, who's an economist at Western Washington University, our program tonight coming to you from my home base at AM 560. The answer, that's the Salem Station, just outside Chicago in Elk Grove Village. Nice to have you with us this evening. We have uh, lots to talk about this evening, and uh, I, I want to begin by also mentioning that we're going to do something, and we've done this before. Uh, we're introducing a guest this evening uh, who was a newcomer to politics, and he's not been on this program before. And again, he's new. This may be probably his first broadcast. So we're going to introduce him to you. He is a Democrat. We did this with a Republican a few weeks ago. And so we'll continue to bring maybe some new voices and uh, new perspectives to this program as campaign uh, 2024 moves on. But I want to begin uh, with uh, with issues. Uh, Kip Knutson and also uh, uh, Josh Cantrell join me in the studio. Mike Miller is at his home in Washington. But I want to begin with you, Josh, because I know that the, obviously Israel is near and dear to your heart. You are a, Jew, you are a Jewish, proud Jewish Republican. Uh, does the ceasefire and the actions of the last, I want to say, week involving the Biden administration, does it worry you? I, I am seeing... Um a bit of a worrying trend now. I don't want, as Margaret Thatcher so famously put it, to see the Biden administration go wobbly here. Israel has got to be given the time and the space to complete the job of destroying Hamas. Destroying Hamas is a good thing for, would be a good thing for humanity. It would be a good thing for Palestinians. It would be a good thing for Israel. It would be a good thing for the region. If this murderous regime is destroyed. And I'm very concerned that they may not be given that time. If the Biden administration is concerned, as many Americans appear to be concerned, that uh, the video that we're seeing of Palestinians being victimized by the incursion into Gaza by the Israeli Defense Forces, um, does it bother you that those videos and those images might be turning the American public against the Israeli cause? I think the American public is smart enough to know, and the opinion polls show this, that Israel is not victimizing anybody. Hamas, Hamas's terrorism and their murderous attack, worst pogrom in Jewish histories um, dating back to the Holocaust, since the Holocaust, is responsible. They are responsible for every death that is occurring. There is no country in the world that would do anything differently than Israel. In fact, most countries would be much more aggressive. Kip Knudsen joins us. He is a Democrat. If he makes it to Congress, he's going to deal with these issues. Uh, Kip, what's your what's your answer to the question as to where you think the American public is? And, and are they taking sides in this debate now? And has, has, those, has the size and population of those sides changed at all because of the video we're seeing? Uh, sure. The, uh, you look downtown, you see the Palestinian people protesting as they should be. Um, you see the Israelis 
protesting as they should be. And just at the end of the day, what's happening is really sick and wrong. And if you condone the killing of innocent people, you're wrong. And there should be a ceasefire immediately to stop women and children from being killed, and they need to create a peaceful solution. And What is the peaceful solution to you as a Democrat? If you were in Congress, what peaceful solution would you be looking towards? Um, well, it's really complicated uh, just to give it a yes, it straight-up answer. But, um, well, to start, just to... Let's start with a ceasefire and then um, kind of go from there, get rid of Netanyahu. He's, you know, <clears throat> you know, you could kind of compare him to the late, great Henry Kissinger. Obviously, I'm kidding, of course. Um, just I don't get how well, who these— would you, who would you compare him with? I would compare him to, um, like I just said— Netanyahu to Kissinger because I I just don't know why government officials are so war hungry and wanting to. Netanyahu is not war hungry. I want to get your response and then I want you know what I want to bring Mike Miller into the conversation. Mike, my 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 first question to you is the same as to the other two guests this evening. Uh, Where do you see this unfolding in the in the world of public opinion and U.S. popular opinion as well? I have a I have a fear that uh, Americans will tire of this and and that there will be enough video that makes it look like Israel is committing uh, crimes when in fact I thought Kip was doing fine pushing for free speech on both sides which I absolutely do but then he went off and essentially said a ceasefire which is it just cannot be Hamas must be destroyed and something uh, Josh maybe you have seen this as well I've seen some some um, reporting that other Arab nations, and you know I'm a a big fan of Bahrain because I've taught there many times, are actually telling the Israelis they hope that they will destroy Hamas and then we can maybe have some peace in the Middle East. Because, Kip, you got to remember, there was a ceasefire on October 6th, the day before the attack, and it was Hamas that broke the ceasefire. It was Hamas who broke the current uh, cessation of of, uh, fighting by launching some rockets and and stopping the release of the uh, of the hostages, which of course is a war crime. I, I just don't. There there really are not two sides to this. And no. um, well, and what what I'll add one other thing, what, Bruce? I would ahead. love to see that when the the press reports on what is happening, that the press always reminds us that the that the um, that Hamas uses human beings as shields, which is a war crime. They don't wear uniforms, which is a war crime. Hamas consistently commits But they're not war a country. And, and I don't, they're not a country. But they're not and even they a country. No. But, the, but they're still, but they say that they, you know, they are, they're Palestinian. So they represent supposedly something called Palestine. But we I, had, a, no, last week on this program, a guest, a guest estimated that the number of hardcore Hamas fighters were 40,000. Does anybody believe that number? And if so, is that what you're talking about? Do you want, do you, do you want them to root out at least 40,000 people? What, however many there are, they need to be rooted out. The only way that we get peace in the Middle East, respectively, Kemp, the only way we get peace is to root out Hamas. Hamas rooting out Hamas root out is means good killing them. Killing them degrading their military capability, removing them from the leadership of the government of, of Gaza. Remember, Israel gave Gaza back to the Palestinians in 2005. They got every settlement out. They got every soldier out. 
this was the Palestinian right, what, state. When we come back, I'm going to let uh, Kip and look, uh, look at the way that, I'm going to let uh, Kip uh, follow up on that. We do have to pause. 1-800-723-8029. 1-800-723-8029. You've watched this for well over a month now on television. You've seen the pictures from both sides. Do you believe the pictures you're seeing? Are they having any impact at all on how you feel and whether or not the United States should continue to fund Israel as well as fund other nations of the world. That's another one of those issues that's swirling around in Congress, and we'll find out how Kip might handle that if he makes it to D.C. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we can come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Visit SurroundChicago.com and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to visit SurroundChicago.com today. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one -on -one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid, My kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council.
Bruce Dumont back, and uh, you wanted to make a comment since Henry Kissinger's name was mentioned, but I will let you go to Josh. I, I know that uh, Mike's got a comment as well, but then we'll get to Kip. Go ahead. Kip uh, mentioned and compared Kissinger to Netanyahu, and he meant to do it in an unfavorable light. Um, to me, it's flattering to be compared to a man like Henry Kissinger, who did so much to advance peace in this world. Kissinger and Nixon inherited the Vietnam War. It was an absolute mess and a disaster from the Johnson administration. And Kissinger got the U.S. troops out of Vietnam, and he ended that, that war with honor. It was the U.S. Congress in 1975 that pulled funding from the South Vietnamese that led to the disaster. And end- Senator Joe Biden enthusiastically supported that at the time. If we ended that war with honor... Why did so many men and women who came back from that war, why were they spat upon when they came to the United States? Oh, that was disgusting. That was the crazy lunatic left that was But a lot of Americans don't same, agree with that. The, 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 the same people that are out rioting and looting after <clears> the, <throat> in the summer of 2020, the same folks that uh, are supporting Hamas right now. These are... We cannot allow our foreign policy to be dictated by the lunatic left. Kissinger also opened up China. He lowered tensions with the Soviet Union. This man was administrations, Bill Clinton, Obama, all administrations uh, went to him. I want to go. I want to go to Mike Miller, but I'm going to interject my own comment. Henry Kissinger had more blood on his hand than any U.S. official in the history of the country. That's my assessment. Now to you, Mike Miller, go ahead. You'll be the referee on this I just wanted to ask, you know, Kip is a, uh, Kip seems upset. Uh, um, Young and idealistic, I would like to ask, Kip, if you're negotiating with somebody, you're trying to find peace, and understand I'm neither Jewish, nor Muslim, nor Arab, nor Israeli. And I would ask, and I'm across the table from a, body that believes that I should not exist, that I should be killed. Can you negotiate with somebody who holds that position? Uh, what's the saying? You can't negotiate with terrorists. So I am all for Well, you can't negotiate with somebody who's trying, well, who believes you have no right to exist. What, what is, what's, what don't you see about that as a problem, not from the Israeli side, a problem from the Palestinian side? Well, let's get back to the what we were just talking about. To circle back to the Kissinger, um, my grandfather was dragged oh. out of his home, and he. No, was, but 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 I'll let you get to that story. You need but to answer answer, answer the professor's question. Could you repeat your question, well, professor? Well, the question is how do you oh. how do you negotiate with someone that says they're going to kill you? And you say and you say <clears throat> we shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. Aren't they terrorists? When I say they, I mean Hamas. So how do you Hamas negotiate is a, with them? A bad group of people. That's obvious to everyone but um not to everyone not to the hundreds of thousands of people that are marching in the streets they think they're great what are you going to do what are you what there are you going to do there is no answer there or else we would have it there is no clear sentence that i can give you that can make any better light out of the subject as there as, as a would be member of congress can you get away with yeah. that position do you think that's a viable position as a candidate in the Democratic primary, well, it, it may like, be, but I, you know, I've not heard it before. Uh, like I said, um, our generation, we care more about uh, policy rather than just the party. So we have a few 
things that may come across as not democratic, but hey, it's uh, I believe it's time for a change and someone to have thoughts on both sides of the spectrum. So you can all, Do you what, what I'm just going to say is here in America, you can protest for Palestine. You can protest for Israel. You can protest for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all agree on that. <clears throat> so that's, that's all I'm saying. I don't take sides in this conflict. I really don't because I, I really do think both sides are wrong because if you look back to 2012, 2014, 2021, war crimes committed by who? Netanyahu. You can just keep doing this back and forth cat mouse and game, but it's never going to end. I've got to respond. When he says war crimes, I've got to respond to that. Sure, go ahead. There were no war crimes committed. Israel was defending itself from Hamas's unilateral attacks, breaking ceasefires every time. And what is Israel supposed to do as thousands of rockets come into its cities and towns in southern Israel? They've got to respond. And in my view, Netanyahu's the, the fault that can be laid with Netanyahu is he didn't respond more aggressively at the time and try to root out Hamas. He thought that he could deal with Hamas. You cannot deal with an entity that in its very charter says it wants to destroy you. And I think that we now have enough examples to know that Hamas is dead set in trying to uh, do that. And Israel's got to do what it's got to do. Israel is responding. It is not the aggressor. It is the responder. Professor, back to you. I fully agree with Josh. I, I don't want to add. And, cause, and Kip attacked uh, Netanyahu. And then maybe he is not the right leader for uh, the Israeli country. And that's the people of Israel to decide. But you called for a ceasefire. You, you called for a solution that allows Hamas to win and then to regroup and to do it again, because they have said, their leadership has said, they will do this over and over and over again until they drive when does Israel it end? into the sea. When does it end? Well, you ask you Hamas, it, to- it, it, would end, it, it could have ended when Arafat was offered a country, a country. You, you remember, no, you don't remember that. You weren't born yet. No. Nope. But go back in history and you'll see that, that Arafat, Ask for a whole bunch of things he thought would never be given to him by the Israelis. And they gave him every last thing he asked for. And you know what his response was to this offer for your own country? It was to walk away and start an intifada. It was not to accept peace. How do you negotiate with somebody who will consistently do such things? It's very, very difficult. And as idealistically as, as you're looking at, and I remember, I'm a college professor. I'm surrounded by young idealistic people. I love you young people to see that kind of idealism in your eyes and in your heart. But you also have to come at this with some degree of wisdom, wisdom and understanding that sometimes there are not um, two sides to these kinds of things, that one side truly is wrong and the other side truly is trying to defend itself. As a government, Mike, I'm going to keep it with you for a second. As a government, how does the how does the United States Congress negotiate its position? It has been primarily for the last 60, 70 years, it has been primarily perceived as pro-Israel. Are those days gone? It seems to me that you have voices in the Democratic Party that are raising their voice, saying maybe it's not fair. You have a presidential administration that said, we're going to stand by Israel. And the next 
40 statements out of their mouth is, well, Israel better watch this. They better not do that. They better not be too rough. I mean, they're, they're sending signals. Who, who, who are they supposed to believe? Don't you believe that there, there's a really weakening of the resolve for Israel? And is that is the result of that hundreds of thousands of Americans, they may be Muslims, but uh, they're, they're responding with their feet. Politicians react to that. Yeah. I, I think that there is some softening until people, I, I think until people just realize what we're dealing with here. I, again, I, it just astounds me. And, and understand that so much of the pushback is from one group, the, the squad, and, and they tend to be, and, and even at my university, all the protests are being done by the communists, the socialists, and the Palestinians. What a combination that is. The evil, I mean, the, the craziness that is communism is somehow in big support of the Palestinians. I find this astounding. There, but, but as uh, Bruce, I think at the heart of it, the, the Congress realizes that Israel is our, our number one ally in the area and that in fact that the other Arab nations, the ones which are sensible, even, even if you go into Saudi and Bahrain and so forth, they are willing to make peace with the Israelis. And I think they do not want Hamas to continue. And I just the U.S. What it has to do is simply support and allow Israel to do what it has to do for its own protection. A question to Kip: Kip, would you be a supporter of Israeli aid if you went to Congress? Would you be part of the Israeli caucus, or would you be part of the anti-Israeli caucus? Neither. Um, Got to be somewhere. I'm. You think you're going to be the only? Should... You're going to be the only person there that isn't that is not taken aside. I'm here for the people of Chicago, and I'm here to put more well, what money. What does that mean? I know you're here for the people of Chicago. I'm here to put— running in a primary, but how do the people of Chicago, they want to send someone to Washington who's going to vote one way or the other? They, they want someone who puts more money in their pocket. We're sick of putting all this money overseas to, you know, I just think we're spread out in too many situations right now. And it's, you know, I think we have the strongest military in the world, and I would think someone's a fool to— even infraction on it. So why are we spending all of this money taking it away from people? Small, ex- great example, myself. I own a mattress store. Um, you know, I'm just right down the street from here, and it's really expensive. And just, I'm really, every, when is it going to stop? Like, I'm here to put more money in your pocket. I'm here to make your life better for the voters of Chicago. And it's. But how are you going to do that? Well, tax cuts. Yeah, is it I, I tax like that cuts? idea. I, tax cuts is a good idea. But as a member of Congress, you also have responsibilities to disperse U.S. aid in various parts of the world. And the reality is, is that's going to continue. So I think it's a fair question. We got a break. We got a break. 1-800-723-8029. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. Weigh in on our conversation tonight. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. 
After the tragic death of George Floyd, virtually every blue chip company in America leapt into the fray, pledging fealty and shareholder dollars to BLM. Now, after the horrific massacre by Hamas, that decision has not aged well. The BLM movement, including one of its co-founders and various affiliates, have come out publicly against Israel and in favor of the liberation of Palestine. One of the co-founders has been on the record as of eight years ago, explicitly identifying herself with the ending of the, quote, colonial experiment Israel. That's flat out genocidal. American business utterly failed in its due diligence when it associated its brand with a movement whose anti-Semitism was obvious to anyone who bothered to look. It's time for the customers, employees, and especially the shareholders of these companies to speak up and urge these companies to disavow their association with the pro-Hamas BLM movement. Basic decency requires nothing less. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We're going to... Bruce Dumont back. You're listening to the first Sunday show in the month of December. It's nice to have you with us. This is the portion of the program where we ask each of our guests to spend a few moments talking about themselves and giving an elongated introduction to themselves. And we're going to begin with the Beyond the Beltway voice that is the furthest from the Beltway. Mike Miller, way out in the great state of Washington. Well, thank you, Bruce. Yeah, I, I spent uh, 43 years on the faculty of DePaul University in the Department of Economics, where I was a chairman and an associate dean and did research on Bahrain. Uh, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Chicago was, uh, sh suburban Chicago was my home, but uh, I came out to Washington to visit my son who lives here and we fell in love and we decided this is where we were going to retire. 
And um, just so happens that a university nearby needed an economist to teach macroeconomics, and I applied. And so now I'm teaching at Western Washington University for My a golly. year, maybe two. Who? Yeah. And a beautiful campus, probably a more beautiful campus oh, than yeah. DePaul. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, not that long ago, I was walking <laughs> to my office and there was an eight point buck that was simply, you know, was grazing in the grass. And I said, oh, didn't wow. you tell <laughs> me you have like chickens and and all and goats and everything yeah. else in your backyard? I do. You're like I, a I farmer. wanted to have some. Well, it's a they call it a hobby farm or a farm. At, <laughs> so I have a hobby farm and. And we had uh, turkeys, and we had some for the, the holiday. I had uh, three turkeys. Two of them were 45 pounds, one stressed, and one was 40 pounds. And we shared them with family. And uh, but they were your we have, turkeys. My wife has a couple of they goats. were your turkeys that they, you ate. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. And tonight I think we're having wow. turkey soup. So. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And we have goats and Go, chickens. Goats and, own uh, turkey. Oh man. Hey, Josh Cantor wow. also joins yeah. us. Josh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Bruce, thanks for having me on again. Mike, great to uh, be on with you again. Um, I am a moderate Republican. I live here in Chicago uh, and uh, have three children, ages 19, 19, 24, and 26, uh, and a lovely wife that puts up with me. Uh, I'm a technology lawyer practicing uh, nationwide but based out of Chicago, and uh, I'm active politically, uh, in terms of writing and posting and uh, on this mm-hmm. show and a few others, and appreciate right. the opportunity. And you're a moderate Republican. We should mention to the audience, in the second hour of this evening, we're going to be talking about Republican politics, the recent uh, debate uh, between uh, Governor Newsom and Governor DeSantis, and uh, the future of the Republican Party, and we will have differing political views on that discussion. And uh, we'll now let Kip Knutson, with a Knute in his name, talk a little bit more about himself. Give us a little background on who you are. Sure. Thanks again for having me, Bruce. And just a little bit about me. I'm a moderate Democrat. Um, I was a fry cook at 14, a bartender at 18, a bar manager at 21, and now a a business owner at 23. So I've been at work since I've been 14, and it's all kind of coming together now, just all the hard work I've been putting into everything and night and day just doing campaigning and trying to keep the business alive. And What prompted you to run for Congress? Sure. Um, I just can't get enough of politics. I love it. It's one I'm sitting there scrolling through Twitter all day. I can't get enough of it. And, um, yeah, I just did really good in history. I just like learning about history, and I can't get enough of it. So because of that, you're running for Congress. Correct. And I... And uh, another, another thing um, that kickstarted my run was a lot of people um, are upset. They want to get more young people involved in Congress because we don't have any representation whatsoever. I believe that Congress is a nursing home. I believe that everyone's high on the mentor meds. They're wondering what's going to be for supper later today. And I just, that's basically it. So are you making a point of your opponent's age? I mean, your opponent is, uh, by the way, we should mention that uh, his opponent, the incumbent, is Danny Davis, who is one of the senior members of uh, Congress. Uh, And if you're a longtime listener to this program, we've been on for 44 years. 
Danny Davis used to be a regular guest on this program when he was a, a member of, of Congress, and then he ran for mayor and was on the county board and then ran for, for Congress. But I remember as a guest on this program having a young Democrat by the name of Danny K. Yeah. Davis on this program who ran for Congress several times because he thought the incumbent at that time, Curtis Collins, had been around too long. She had outlived her effectiveness, and he decided to run and run and run, and he did, and eventually he got elected, and again, he's had uh, basically a cakewalk to re-election virtually every year, although the last time, uh, 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 Kira Collins, who was in the race, uh, she gave him kind of a run for the money. So uh, you think he's ripe for the pickings, but but is it is it specifically his age, or are there specific, are there specific issues that Danny Davis has espoused that that uh, you disagree with. Yeah, we can't let um, outside, well, just a little bit about Danny. He's, you know, we have Chicago Tribune saying that he's taken money from post-Soviet oil um, funds. You have him taking rugs, tea sets, all these. Um, this is by the Chicago Tribune, by the way. This isn't just me attacking him. This mm -hmm. is... Why would we continue to let someone um, outside effects, um, you know? Has he done anything positive for the district in all of his years, though? Could you, could you honestly say, you know, I'm running against this guy because I think I can do a better job. But, you know, looking at what he's done, uh, he's done some things that are positive. Sure. Um, yeah, just um, I just really think we need to get some representation of the younger blood in and... He is, uh, I don't want to say corrupt, but he's a corrupt individual. There's multiple counts, AT&T, 100,000, post-Soviet oil company, 24,000. Um, so you think he's in the tank for somebody? Um, well, I, I think a lot of people in Congress are. Like, how do you hold the seat for that long? I, I just don't understand that. With so many people, if you look at his Google reviews, his ratings... They're all one stars. He doesn't pick up his phone. Um, it just seems like he's lining his pocket for a retirement run, in my in my mind. Okay, Josh, well, have you had any dealings with the congressman? Do you? Uh, I mean, I, I would assume what, that many of these things could be said about many members of Congress what, who've been I, around I, a long time. I, I think that's right. Um, I think that they could be, but I would I would just note that Danny Davis. Like uh, most of the Illinois de delegation, unfortunately, is a Democrat, and I just don't see a lot well, of change. He's a Democrat too. I I understand that, but I, and his seat will be, whoever wins that race will be a Democrat. The Republican has no chance 1%. in that race, and I think it's just a shame uh, that the Republican Party in Illinois is so weak that it doesn't have more representation in Congress. The I think we need not only. Uh, age diversity, which I'm with you on, but I think we need a little more ideological diversity in this state. The age uh, or the demographics of the district, the district is about 62% black. In the primary, he's going to be running against a number of black challengers. You will be the only Caucasian challenger sure. in a district that has about 42% Caucasian. Is that is that a big plus for you? I mean, do you... Do you play on that? Do you do you need that? Do you need a combined support from from white voters to, or or, or what what is it that you would offer an African American voter who has been used to voting for Danny Davis for twenty years? Sure, um, just a little bit about me. I care about 
the everyday person, if there's a lot of people that know me downtown um, that could uh, testify for my witness that, you know, there is, I'm always there to help a hand for someone. I came from a small town in Minnesota where the nearest McDonald's, Walmart, Target, all that stuff is two hours away. So I come from a bloodline that, you know, you help your neighbor, you help your family. And I just but don't do get the whole that, Caucasian you, thing. But, I'm here but, to. But do you think that, that African Americans in that district, uh, they, they, they will want a black representative. Just as, I don't, just there are, as there are Caucasians in that district that may like a Caucasian congressperson because they've never had one. I right, mean, right, right, Bruce. And let me, let me just address that. That is because of the Democratic parties and the left's obsession with identity politics. Mm-hmm. That is the unfortunate truth, what you just stated. They are going to want an African-American congressman uh, in that district, and that's just the reality. I don't see any chance of anyone other than an African American winning in that district. Although I do commend. But what about in a, in a primary, though? Oh, in a Is primary. The difference the primary because, I mean, the 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 mathematics in the primary are a little bit different. In the primary, it 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 may work out well for Jeff. I could see it working out well, given yeah. the demographics and that he's the only. Caucasian in the race. Have you raised your have you raised much money so far, Kip? Absolutely not. It's all been out of my own pocket. Um, like I said, I've been working night and day bartending every weekend since I've been twenty one. I you know, I sell mattresses, my business. It's all <clears throat> been out of my own pocket. So it's been kinda tough and I'm hanging in there. And how many be- how many signatures have you received on your petitions? Um, I have about 650 after this i'm heading downtown to get the 650 re- yep i just need how 832, many do you need? 832 so i'm going to get the remaining the remaining 200 tonight you're going to get the remaining so you're not even technically on the ballot yet um i'm leaving to springfield tomorrow and i already have uh, a few different guests lined up tonight that are going to be there with me and help me out so you're going to have a you're going to have a petition party after the show tonight well, unlike me, um, I'm not out of touch of reality. Um, I don't come from, you know, I pull myself up from my own bootstraps. So, you know, but every you know day you're going to be challenged. Every day, you know, those petitions are going to e- be challenged. Every day, I'm working hard, just trying to keep this <laughs> campaign alive, my business alive. And like I said, it's just a lot of hard work on my own end, and I just think it's okay. We'll see if people want to respond to that. One eight hundred seven two three. 8029, the man is looking for petitions to be signed. I'm Bruce Dubon, back shortly. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. 
why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Rooster went back, and uh, in one of the earlier segments, uh, Kip Knutson made the comment that uh, he thinks that more money should be spent uh, at, at home on issues and not necessarily on uh, on foreign uh, foreign aid. But uh, if you were a member of Congress now, my question to you is: uh, Would you put um, money into the southern border and repairing the southern border? Is that a higher priority for you than aid to Ukraine, uh, Israel, or to uh, Taiwan? Sure. The southern border conflict is really touchy. So, I mean, <clears throat> just to get down to it, the uh, I've worked, like I said, in restaurants my whole life in the city. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. the, our immigrants, the Spanish people, they're some of the best people you'll ever meet. They're some of the best workers they always have a smile on their face when they come into the door. And frankly, I, I think that, you know, on a country built on immigrants that you are so harsh on bringing them in. I'm not saying that I'm pro-immigration or not, but I... Well, what, I, are, what, what are you saying? I'm trying to... Uh, uh, <laughs> do, do, do you think that we should protect our border? Yeah. And have yeah. an orderly immigration system? Of course, and I just think that the documentation process, it needs to get more swift. I think, uh, you know, it needs to be on a snap decision instead of people being detained long in ICE camps. So does that require more money then? I mean, uh, if, you're looking, if you're looking, if you've got a finite amount of money, which, again, they don't really have in Congress, they have a 
not a finite amount of money. Deficit. But if you had to, if you had to put it somewhere, where do you put it first? I mean, do you do you need people who can adjudicate quickly, as you've said, uh, at the at the intake point, or does that money have to go to Israel, or does it have to go to Ukraine? I mean, Ukraine is crying for money as well. I mean, where do where do you you know when you're making these decisions as a member of Congress, you got to come down on these issues with a definitive position. Sure. You seem to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that with all these issues. Sure. And like I said, there with uh, our generation, I don't stick solidly with the far left or the far right. I'm, you know. Well, where do you come down, though? Forget about the, forget about your generation. What about what about you? You've said some very nice things about the Hispanics that you work with. They're hard workers. They come to work with a smile. But the question is, if if others are coming into this country illegally, do we just close our minds to that? Well, I think we we don't put up barbed wire fences in the middle of rivers, and I think that we do it the humane way. Um, What's I, the humane way? Um, just, you know, putting up a... What's a country without borders? Like, I just... Yeah, fix the wall. And it's... I'm not saying to keep immigrants out. I'm saying to make the process faster to get them in if they're documented, if they're not criminals, not whatever. Bruce, it seems to me that... Uh, and then I want to go to Mike. Yeah, I... I I, I'm not sure where Kip stands on this. It, it just seems to me that if you don't like barbed wire fence, but you do want a wall, they're all part and parcel of the same thing. And if we don't have a border, we don't have a country, we're going to lose our country if we don't have a border and we don't enforce it. It's, ju it's just that simple. Mm -hmm. And someone can be pro-immigrant like me, but also sensible and say, unless we fix our border, we're, we're, we're done for. Mike Miller, you had a comment. You're chomping at the bit. Yeah, I, I, I almost guessed exactly where Josh would stand, which is I, I'm a, a very much embrace legal immigration. And you, Kip, you mentioned about coming through the door. Yeah, just come through the front door, though. We, we, you cannot, you cannot sneak into the country. A country with no borders is not a country at all. And there's so many things that you're you're missing. For example, that so many of these of these migrants have gone to through to through two and three and four different countries to get to the United States. By law, they're supposed to stay in the country, the first safe country that they come to. That needs to be dealt with. And one other thing, there was this very famous economist named Milton Friedman. And he said, you can you can have a welfare state and you can have open borders, but you cannot have open borders with a welfare state, which meant because these people would come here to get all of the benefits and provide nothing to the country. You just cannot have a border that is open to people where we immediately give them all of these benefits. It just cannot work. They must be, they must be brought into the country in a very organized manner. And I would love to see you put more money. If you get to Congress, put more money into that. Sure. And put, you know, it, you're a businessman. Why don't you work with the government to make sure that every regulation that faces business goes through a, a nice, solid uh, cost-benefit analysis, which Mr. Biden is against. Or that, you know, that you the government does something to encourage entrepreneurship of young people like you, which Mr. Biden talks about the evils and, mm. and so many on the left talk about the evils of capitalism. It, there's just so many things that you could do with your idealism, I, don't, I, don't I just wanna, would like to see you embrace something a little more f 
free. I don't want to end the conversation uh, with, get, without asking him the question. Do you, do you support President Biden, and do you think his age is a detriment to reaching out to your generation to support him? Sure. I don't stand with President Biden. Um, I know that every country across the world is still recollecting themselves from the coronavirus. Um, a report just came out. Um, Did you say you don't stand for with Biden? No, absolutely not. Okay. So you are you going to support Dean Phillips as a, as another nominee option for? De- I'm a big fan of Gavin Newsom, just because he brings the facts to the table and. You know, DeSantis brings poop charts to the table, so I kind of oh like how he kind of schooled them all night long with nothing but facts, and I, I like Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Gavin Newsom. Now, here's the Demo- a Democrat who's not for the president. This is well, well, that, that, news. And, 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 and I think his answer acknowledges that Gavin Newsom, despite what he denied during the debate, has a campaign ready to go the minute Biden drops out okay. the race. On that note, uh, Kit, congratulations to you. Good luck with your petitions. We're going to let you go get those petitions because the second hour tonight is going to be all Republicans. So we're going to talk about Democrats. But again, we wish you well. Good luck. How many more do you have to get? Around 200. About 200. Needs 200 by 5 o'clock tomorrow in Springfield. And if people want to reach you, what do they call? Quickly. 218-242-4281. Thank you. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago with our number two, talking about Republicans. Dumont back, and we continue with our number two of our program. We're going to talk about uh, Republican politics now. Doug, do me a favor. Doug Ibendahl is with us. Doug, zoom in on yourself because you look like you're standing in left field, and we want to see that uh, smiling face of yours, and it's getting a more smile as we try to uh, get this uh, figured out. Uh, you know, some some nights were better to do it than others, but what was it saying? Uh, question to you is... Uh, you are on the program. Uh, we're continuing this hour. We've said farewell to our Democrat in hour number one, because I want to talk about specifically what happened this past week with Ron DeSantis and Governor Newsom of California. Uh, I want to spend a little time on that. And then I want to talk about where the state of the race is. And uh, we've not had a, a pro-Trump Republican on for a while, Doug. Uh, you are you're one of the leading pro-Trump guys that's been on this show for a long time. And also, we should mention that uh, Josh Cantrow is with me. He's across the table from me. Uh, he is a moderate, and I happen to know he's for Nikki Haley. He has been for quite some time. But I want to begin with you uh, the other night, uh, watching the debate the other night. I want to start with you, uh, Josh. What did you think of the battle or the, the joint appearance on the Sean Hannity show. I thought it was uh, pretty disappointing overall. Um, I, I, I don't think we gained a whole lot from it. What I wanted to see was more of a battle between Florida and California. And what Governor Newsom kept doing in his slick way was trying to discuss national issues 
and evade and elide what's happening in California, which is businesses fleeing, crime running rampant, homeless roaming around the streets, etc. And as far as Ron DeSantis went, I thought he did fine. Um, but I don't think he, it was like a make-or-break moment for his campaign mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I still think that, you know, it's obviously a battle between DeSantis and Haley for number two uh, in terms of running against Trump. But I still see the momentum, and you see this in the media stories and in the polls, etc., with Haley and not with DeSantis. So I don't know that he got out of the debate what he wanted. I want to find out uh, from uh, Doug uh, Ibendahl. Trump obviously was not there. Doug, what was your assessment uh, of of DeSantis? I know you're not a big fan, but as a a political moment, uh, how did you see that moment? Well, the numbers were certainly on DeSantis' side, but I don't think he capitalized. I mean, we'll see in the polls, but my my strong uh, expectation is that he did not move the needle at all. He's... DeSantis has never been a, a, a good debater. I just don't think he comes across well. And um, yes, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm biased. I mean, I see DeSantis as a backstabbing opportunist. So I'm seeing everything he does through that lens. So, you know, I probably can't be impartial in, in, in on this, but I don't think he, I don't think he moved the needle. I, uh, and, and quite frankly, when he, oh, the most cringeworthy moment when he brings out the the San Francisco poop map. I do yeah. not know who he is getting uh, advice from, but that was you're you're not you're not winning a debate when you do that. Most people. Well, you're trending. Yeah, there's a small group. I think the poop map was okay. trending for a while. So well, the- it was, but people really, <laughs> the, yeah, the hardcore political nerds like ourselves know where that came from. It actually came from uh, Adam Angievsky's group, Illinois' own. Uh, um, uh, uh, organization uh, did that, did some good work on that. But I think for normal people uh, who don't pay that much attention, maybe you're watching that, they would be like, what the heck is going on? Why yeah. are you talking about yeah, species I, in this debate? Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, uh, that that might have been a low point. Again, it was uh, uh, the Twitterverse may have liked it, but uh, I'm not so sure it was uh, of a presidential nature. Uh, my assessment, and again, I, I, I've been looking for a reason uh, to think that uh, Ron DeSantis uh, has is is making way in this campaign, I know he's got the media against him in a significant way. I thought, by the way, on that point, he was on with Christian Welker on Meet the Press today. I thought he did a terrific job with her on Meet the Press because it showed him in a combative state against a member of the media. Yet when he's standing next to Gavin Newsom. Uh, he did not come across as presidential, not just because of the poop map, but again, you had the juxtaposition of the two. It reminded me a little bit of the Kennedy-Nixon debate, where one person was obviously very telegenic and played the camera well, because he has the ability to play the camera well. DeSantis uh, just didn't, he didn't measure up as a presidential candidate. As a governor, yes. But as a presidential candidate, he didn't measure up for me. Now, that's, you know, as you know on this program, I always try to tell it like it is. You either, you know, one week you may like what I say, the next week you may think I'm a a rhino or a crazy guy. But that's the way that I saw uh, the debate. And I'm wondering on on, on, on any issues, uh, did any of the issues stand out that are important to you? Uh, did 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 he do any job in dissuading 
voters who would vote for Nikki Haley. I don't I don't I, think so. I don't think he did at all. I agree with Doug's comments and I agree with yours, Bruce, and I don't have a ton to add other than it's just a shame that DeSantis and you look at this debate in the Republican debates as well, he has such an amazing record to run on. People are are flocking to Florida, low taxes, the way they handled COVID with he didn't do lockdowns. It was just, it was great. He has so much to run on, but it just is not translating in the debates. In any of the Republican debates or in this one, Gavin Newsom is just kind of a guy who, who stands up there and yes, he's telegenic, but there's just a kind of a slimy factor to him where he's not answering the questions. He's not really defending his record in California. He's going more on the attack and he's, He's talking about national statistics and everybody to, to give one illustration about Gavin Newsom. Everyone in California knows that Newsom hates Harris. And for him to for him to uh, criticize uh, DeSantis about how he was pronouncing the vice president's name was ridiculous. It was just so stupid. And I don't think Newsom did himself any favors with independents or swing voters either. But he wasn't looking for it. Uh, Well, if (laughs) if he's going to run for president, he's going to need him. Okay, let's go to John in McHenry, Illinois. He wants to weigh on on this. 1-800-723-8029. I'd like to know how you felt about the the debate the other night on Sean Hannity's program. Go ahead, John. Hello, yes. I thought the debate, I mean, this was just a six-touchdown victory for Governor DeSantis over the Democrats' rising star in Governor Gavin Newsom. I mean, since June, there's been serious talk that Newsom is going to replace President Biden because President Biden, let's face it, he seems to be deteriorating, um, you know, particularly the mental faculty. But I tell you, I mean... What was it that made him so great? In your view, what was it that made him so great or Governor DeSantis is so great? Well, DeSantis was solid on all the issues, just simply telling the truth. I mean, they put mainstream facts on the board. On him, he did this very well. Okay. All right, we're running out of time in this segment. We've got to go. 1-800-723-8029. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, visit surroundchicago.com right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Visit surroundchicago.com today. By Dinesh D'Souza, police state exposes how the government is targeting their political opponents, our society, and our freedom. FBI, we have an arrest warrant. 15 marked units on my property. These are violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. Are we becoming a police state? Military-style soldiers pointing an automatic rifle at my head. How did we give the state this kind of power? Police state. Go to SalemNow.com to watch the trailer and pre-order the DVD. SalemNow.com. 
No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we are now joined by Mike Miller, who joined us in hour number one. He is with Western Washington University. He's an economist, and uh, we should mention that uh, you favor uh, Governor DeSantis, and uh, between Doug Ibendahl and uh, Josh Cantor, they kind of ripped him apart. Uh, for his appearance uh, earlier this week. So we're going to go to you, and we want to get you to tell us why you think he did a good job and, and why you still want him to be president. Uh, I would. Here's the deal. I really wish I could get the policies and the ideas of, of Donald Trump. Uh, I agreed with almost everything he did when he was president. Uh, and I don't look to the president to be my... my uh, spiritual leader or anything like that so it doesn't have to be a good man he has to be a good a good decision maker and so forth I, I think that mr trump just carries so much baggage that he will be attacked and and fought everything he does which means he will not get enough done and the p closest person i can find who seems to have the same basic idea of america first and and let's think before we go out there and, and get involved in foreign battles let's fight um, the the craziness going on in universities and identity politics the person who holds most closely to that and has actually done it and i think done so effectively just like josh was saying that he has been a very good governor That's the man. I, I think he could actually pull it off. Now, is he as slick as Newsom? No. Is he as fun, as much fun as Mr. Trump? Not even close to that. 
But again, just like I'm not looking to a president to necessarily be my my spiritual leader, I'm not necessarily uh, he can be a nerd. And if that nerd can be really good at what he does and he puts America first and does the things that, you know, does something about the border and and the universities and so forth. I embrace him. I find him to be the closest thing to Mr. Trump. I do believe he's not going to be the uh, the candidate, but we absolutely need a candidate if something does happen to Mr. Trump. Okay. Question to you, Doug uh, Ivendahl. And I've heard a lot of Republicans say it. Um, they think that Trump probably will be the nominee, but what if? What if uh, there's a conviction in the future? What if the polling suggests that the American people who like him now may not like him when he's a convicted felon. That I hope you will acknowledge that there's some people that will be determined by that. That will, that will be detrimental to them. So my question to you is on the concept of having someone waiting in the wings, is that a good idea? By the way, does, well, somebody, does somebody have their headsets open? We're getting a little feedback on that. Doug, do you have your headset open or close to the microphone? Because you're the only one not wearing a headset. I, I no, I'm, I'm not using a headset. Okay, so. go ahead. What's the answer to the question? Backup. Should there be a backup? The, the so-called back, the so-called backup is not going to come from any of the, any of the current field. If, if if Donald Trump for for whatever reason is not on the ballot, it's going to be a catastrophe from the G, for the GOP nationally from top to bottom. There are millions and millions and millions of, 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 of people who are going to vote for Trump, and they're only going to vote for Trump. He's the ride-or-die guy. And DeSantis, Nikki Haley, all these other people on the current field, they're all seen as disloyal, backstabbing opportunists. And if Donald Trump is gone, the millions and millions of new people that Donald Trump brought into this party are gone. are okay. gone. And Stop that is going, for a to, second. Is going to sink. Doug? Stop for a second. That's reality. That's a very important political point. Josh Cantrell, do you agree with that? I I hear that so much that um, it does give me pause. And I know that the Trump folks, and Doug is one of them, I respect that. They're really with their guy. And I, Bruce, I was on this show numerous times during his presidency. I thought he was a terrific president. My concern is what Mike said and that he's just going to seem be unpalatable to too many people but then doug's point about well you know what the trump people are just going to leave if it's haley or DeSantis or somebody else is concerning as well so i don't know what happens right now but i think the point you made earlier is the question that we should be asking there have been polls that indicate that if trump is convicted his support erodes what happens then? What is the backup? We have got to have a backup because we cannot have four more years of Democrats in the White House. Okay, I want to go. I want to go to uh, Professor Miller. Uh, Mike, your response to the same question uh, about uh, what happens if Trump doesn't get his nomination? Where did the Trumpsters go? I I would hope that they would go to whoever the nominee is, because there's no doubt in my mind that the Republican nominee will be superior, no matter who it is, to Mr. Biden, who I think will be a disaster for the country uh, going forward. Uh, and it's would, not his would you, age. Would you, acknowledge, would you acknowledge that because of the animosity that exists between Trump and DeSantis now, 
and the fact that Trump has gone after DeSantis almost from day one, that <laughs> it would be tougher for pro-Trump Republicans to jump on a DeSantis bandwagon than it would to be to jump on a Nikki Haley bandwagon. I hear what you're saying, and here's what I would argue, that I do remember, I'm old enough, we're all pretty older here, but uh, Bruce, I'm sure you remember the voodoo economics of George uh, Herbert Walker Bush regarding Mr. Reagan. And then when he became his vice president, that all went by the way. It would take, I think what would be necessary is something does happen health-wise or legally to Mr. Trump. Were Mr. Trump to move a little bit beyond himself and say, Folks, I I love you all. I really wish I could be the president again. I think I am still the best candidate, but I'm not going to be. I want you to throw your support behind, and then he has to pick whoever that Republican is. And I, uh, my guess would be Mr. DeSantis. And and but does even, anyone here even, think that even Mr. with all Trump even with all that? of the things that he has said about DeSantis? I mean, he's called DeSantis think, a backstabber. I think Doug, my question to you is, I guess we're getting into we're getting into short hairs here. But my question is, it seems to me that given the personality conflict, if Donald Trump really believes and I think he does, he probably believes that uh, Ron DeSantis has been disloyal to him for some reason. However, to what extent does that animosity transfer to Nikki Haley? Is she is she a lesser is she a lesser backstabber than Ron DeSantis in Trump's view? In your opinion? No, I don't. No, they're 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 they're, they're, they're equally uh, backstabbers. They're 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 both. Why is she a back? Why is she? Why is she a backstabber? Why is she a backstabber? Because she she worked for she worked for him and it said oh she's she's on record you know previously before she announced Donald Trump's the best president we've ever had in yes. history you know that kind of thing past ten and, and then now she, what she said he's know. the best president we've ever had but she used past tense she said that it's time to move on what is it about her relationship with Donald Trump? that would make him say she is absolutely impossible to be uh, someone that would receive my support. Well, good grief. His nickname for her is Bird Brain, you know. So that doesn't sound like very, very close to me. Look, this is a, this is all pie in the sky. This 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 primary is that's over. That's petty. This primary is Bird, over. Bird, Bird Brain is, is a comment that's a petty comment. Yeah, and Trump has nicknames Look, for the, everybody. The, the, the idea, truth is, the what, idea what, that DeSantis... And, and Haley, who are who can't even get you know in double digits for Republican support, we're in December. They're pulling in single digits with Republicans. The idea that all of a sudden, in a couple months, they're going to be bringing in all these independents and, and Democrats are going to be the candidate is, is absurd. And you, if you want to talk about controversial issues, new, you were missing the biggest thing from that Newsom uh, DeSantis debate the other night. Newsom basically got uh, DeSantis to double down on his six-week abortion ban. Yes, DeSantis is quick to say, oh, no, no, I don't mean that nationally. That's just for Florida. I signed that in Florida. It's right for Florida, but I, but not nationally. Oh, come on. The Democrats will so easily make that a national issue. 
Ron DeSantis will be a disaster for the GOP, top to bottom. It's not happening. That's why. That's why all the money, all the all the old, uh, the Bush crowd, the Karl Rove crowd, Mitch McConnell crowd. That's why they've all moved now to Nikki Haley because they know DeSantis cannot get the job done. Well, also let me just let me let me let me just mention. Can I get in here? One second, Doug. One second. Uh, First of all, Josh has got a comment, but I want to just jump in with a comment. The, the comment that I made earlier in the broadcast is that Ron DeSantis with Christian Welker on Meet the Press today was a combative candidate. I think a far more combative and, and presidential candidate that Republicans would like, or at least you know tr- even Trump Republicans would like, because he wouldn't let her get away with anything. But the one thing she would not let him get away with is whether or not he would support a six-week ban nationally. It was on a national bill. He, he, he equivocated on that. He, he, he danced around. He would not answer that question. And that piece of videotape would be wrapped around his neck and shoved down his throat. And I think he would have a difficult time, a very difficult time, in picking up these elusive uh, suburban women that uh, the the party has lost because of, of the abortion issue. Yes, we've yeah, talked a one lot second, about one second, one second, one second, folks. We have to Please. we have to break. I want when we come back, the floor is going to go to Josh. Thank you. But we do have to break. Stand by, everybody. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two nine. Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and uh, if you want to talk about Vivek, go ahead. Back shortly. Republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic. Are we becoming a police state? The government is trying to crush the conservative movement, our society, and our freedoms. They define you as radical. How did we give the state this kind of power? If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Police state. Buy it or stream it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, visit surroundchicago.com. Remember to visit surroundchicago.com today. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. 
Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We are waiting for Josh Cantrow. He is here. He is ready to respond to the question that was asked before the break. Go. Yeah, a lot was said about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis being backstabbers. Running for office and running against the person who is your former boss, who pulls weak in head-to-head matchups, and is under criminal indictment in four states and has 91 counts against him, that's not disloyal. That's, that's, that, that's coming forward and saying, look, both of them praise Trump, and they should because he did a lot of great things as mm-hmm. president. But you know what? There is a real risk that Donald Trump will not be the nominee because of the criminal indictments or things that are happening there. And you've got to have backups. You've got to have options. And I think that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are both successful governors. And Nikki Haley has the added experience, not just the executive experience, but the foreign policy experience where she was in there battling for the U.S. interest every day as U.N. as U.S. ambassador to the U.N. And if you look at the polling, she is the strongest candidate of the three against Biden in a general election, winning by eight to ten points. And she is also running well in the early primary states where she has like 15 to 16 percent right now. So she's not running well in New Hampshire, though. Well, in Iowa and South Carolina. And we'll see because you you get in and you win Iowa or you come close in Iowa. You make a surprise showing a lot of things can happen. It's early in the race. We shouldn't be pulling back and just putting all of our eggs in the Trump basket right Mm -hmm. now. That's my point. Doug, your response just to the just to the specific points about Nikki Haley. Focus your attention. Let me bring this back to reality. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis have destroyed their political careers by getting in this race. You know, listening to bad people, listening to their egos. I'll I'll be I'll be shocked if uh, Ron DeSantis is even reelected governor. You know, just a year ago, we told the voters of Florida. Let me ask you this, Doug. Doug, I've got to ask you this question. Doug, Doug, just just take a break, and I want you to answer this question because you've just tested, you've just castigated DeSantis and Nikki Haley for doing, in their mind, the political thing. 
Now, you may think it's the wrong political thing, but again, if, if you were to look at an open field with Donald Trump having all of the problems that he apparently has, are you, as a, as a political animal yourself, are you saying that no one should be, no one should be challenging Donald Trump to be ready in case he's indicted? Are you saying that? I, Nobody. I, 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 I'm saying I'm saying that there are better Republicans out Who? there. Name them. Name them. Any name them. Give them a name. Give me a name. Christy Nome from you. Know, we're talking about good governors. I mean, Christy Nome, South Dakota. Uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis declares war on Mickey Mouse and Disney and loses, by the way. Oh, yeah, big fighter, real successful on against the woke agenda. Loses a fight against Mickey Mouse in, in Florida, um, a fight that he never should have, like, well, Mickey Mouse picked up popular. in the first place. Uh, Byron, Byron uh, Donalds, congressman from uh, South Carolina, who just happens to be back, black. Love him. I think he'd be a great... Uh, He's from, He's from the, Florida. The point is, the better Republicans, the smart Republicans, the people that I would be comfortable having in the Oval Office, were too smart to run this year. Look, if, I'm all for challenging an incumbent, I, I especially like a Republican that. incumbent. I hate I these do-nothing Republicans. I know I'm all know. for a primary challenge. But Donald Trump is not that guy. He's the one Republican who came along was actually getting things Does, done. Let people me mention... Let me mention another name who we've not mentioned tonight, although he was sort of a hot property a couple of months ago. What about Vivek Ramaswamy? What 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 would no, you say about no. him? Yeah, he's a, he's an enter, he's an entertaining guy. You know, he's like the shiny thing, a new shiny thing. I know for some people, but no, he's not the two guy. For one thing, he's too young; doesn't have enough experience. Uh, Jim Jordan is another is another name. Would 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 uh, be good. Matt Gates for for crying out loud would be oh, better. Oh please! Than I this, mean, this, this can, can you see? Any Wait a minute. These. We've got to, We've got to, We've got to go to Mike Miller to respond on Matt Gates. Uh, wow. He he blew up the speakership, and uh, I think he's alienated a lot of people. Uh, I and I hear he's quite debonair. People who have met him in person say he's even more handsome and more uh, cooler as a person in person, kind of like Bill Clinton. He has that allure, uh, but I just don't see it. I, he doesn't, he's never run anything. He, I, and the same, at least like you say, Christy Nome. at least we have a governor who's done something in terms of running things. But I, I, I you dismiss, I think two very competent people too easily, Doug. I, you know, uh, this, this is you know I want, I want Trump's now. policy. But I want a I want somebody who can actually, in a sense, if I can say it this way, get something done, because you know that the Democrats and the press and everyone is going to the courts are going to fight Mr. Trump from the first day he he takes the oath of office until the day he leaves. So they just think, you think, think they're just going to leave alone, leave your guy alone. You abandon Donald Trump. You oh, show no, no. You, want to, you want to show the Democrats. You want to show the Democrats that their strategy works. And then all of a sudden now they're no. just going to leave your guy alone? Is that your no, – that's, that's, that's no. Doug, Absolutely Doug not. I know. Doug, if, let if, me ask – I want to ask Doug sand, a question. Doug, a question to you, and then I want everybody to respond to it. There are several polls that have been out there, not just one, that say the American people, by a fairly large number, do not want a Biden-Trump 
reelection. They don't want it. Now, explain that to me from your perspective, because I want to know that. Do you, do you think the numbers of people that are out there who are Republicans who don't want a rematch, what do you say to those people as you are the principal you know, mouthpiece for Donald Trump tonight? Well, the, 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 Republicans don't, of course Republicans are going to say they don't want to rematch with Biden. We don't think Biden should be president now. We don't think Biden should be president now. So why would we, obviously we're not going to, say he, he shouldn't run again obviously i'll say that till you know every day and twice on sunday and that's that's, that's kind of a, a little silly but the, but the facts are the facts are that donald trump is a lot more popular now than he was on two in, in 2016 and 2020. he's picked up more support he's been proven right on in in many respects many more millions are seeing him he's the only one who can fix this corrupt party this okay. corrupt doj okay. Uh, he's bringing he's bringing in independents, blacks, Hispanics like no other Republican can possibly do. Okay. All right. So you know, you say you haven't had a, a Trump supporter on here very much. I think you need to change that. He's overwhelmingly winning this primary. He's basically won it as a practical matter. We're, you're, why would we spend this time talking about who the you know this old crowd? They just want somebody in there, whether it's it's apparently Nikki well, Haley because, now. This but, crowd but that one second, Doug, 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 there's a primary season that's going on. And in the primary seasons, all the people of one party, the Republican Party, in most states, although they could cross over in some, they get together and they decide who they want to be the nominee of their party. A lot of people, a lot of Republicans, like the idea they want President Trump back. They want the old President Trump back. And I acknowledge that that is a large percentage of Republicans, maybe the majority of Republicans. But I also acknowledge, and maybe you can't or won't, that some of those Republicans and some of those independents and some of those even Democrats who may have voted for Donald Trump, they will say if Donald Trump is absolutely convicted of one of these crimes, they're going to they're going to think twice about whether they want to put him back. They're going to think twice about whether they not they want the possibility of a president of the United States running the country from a prison. And, and now, isn't that a possibility? Isn't that a possibility? If they send this innocent man to prison, this country's got a lot bigger problems. And it's time more people start saying that. I, mean, I don't know how you can have a show any week, a political show, and not have Trump represented. I mean, come on, Bruce. I, mean, I appreciate being here. Doug, Doug, I mean, we have Trump representatives. Bruce. You were not the only one. You were, the, you were a prominent one because you were a pr prominent one when nobody knew who Donald Trump was. That's why you continue to be on the show. Peter Qualia is on the show. Judy Sherwin is on the show. We have all kinds, I would say just about every week, we have a pro-Trump Republican, including tonight, and it's you. So don't okay, tell me that I'm not giving, don't, don't give me that crap that we don't have a Trump person on the show. We do. We always have. We always will. Okay. But my question to you, but my question to you is, you haven't answered my question. You're an officer of the court. If he's convicted on one of those points, do you not think he's going to lose any support at all? 
Is that your position? Of course, I, I'm sure he will. I cannot speak. I cannot speak for every American. I'm speaking I'm sure for you. How, speaking how for many, you. How many new? How many other people is he going to bring in who sympathize with him and say, "Here's an innocent man who's being who's being corruptly persecuted." Okay. Like you know, like in the old Soviet, you know, the the, the, the uh, old Soviet Union. How many, Bruce? How many? How many new voters is he going to get because of that? I want to find out from Mike Miller, and I want to find out from Josh Cantrell just on that point. I want them to answer that question because that is that is the sixty-four million dollar question: Is he going to gain more votes? or lose more votes if he has a conviction. I want your response to it. Anybody out there at Radio Land, Like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates if you run or manage a local business today you're challenged like never before we get it and we want to help we're salem surround we're a full service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day night and everywhere they might be if you're a local business and want to see what salem surround can do for you visit surroundchicago.com remember to visit surroundchicago.com today don't mess the new movie by Dinesh D'Souza, Police State. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech! Migrant Republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic. Are we becoming a police state? The government is trying to crush the conservative movement, our society, and our freedoms. They define you as radical. How did we give the state this kind of power? If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Police State. Buy it or stream it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. 
Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. It's great to hear that holiday music. Wait every year for it. But uh, I want to go back to Josh Cantrow, and then I want to hear from Mike Miller to answer the question. But my question to you, Josh, is uh, you believe that Mickey Nikki Haley is the most likely to win a general election. Make your point. Well, I, it's not just what I think. It's what the polls say. I mean, she's up by eight to nine points over Biden. It's tremendous. And the truth of the matter is, is that elections are decided in about five key states now, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And that's the way it's been the past two elections. And the truth is, is that there's a slice of moderates and independents that are going to decide in those states that are going to decide our next president. You had a chart a few episodes back Mm -hmm. showing that. And do you think that any of those moderates and independents in, the, in those five states are going to be more in favor of Donald Trump if he is convicted on one of these 91 counts? No, they're going to be less in favor of it. And the polls show us that, too. So it's entirely reasonable for Republicans to have two successful governors, plus Nikki Haley and her U.N. experience in the race. It seems like. Donald Trump and every Republican who wants to unseat Biden and Harris, and it really is Harris, let's be honest about it, who will be the next president if the Republicans lose this thing, would want Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to do well. Why is it, and this is my this is a media question, then I want to go to Mike. Why is it that, that her femininity, the fact that she is a woman, is not more of the story that we're hearing out of her campaign because we don't do identity politics like the Democrats do. We're, we, we look at who is the best candidate, who is where they stand on the issues. We're not obsessed with race and gender and all of these other things that the Democrats are. And I think it's a credit to her that she's not putting that forward more. She is winning. She is, she wants to win it on her own merits and her own record as former UN ambassador and a successful governor and business executive. Mike Miller, a question to to you as you uh, build the case for uh, for the Florida governor, uh, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. Um, how do you see this campaign unfolding for him? And again, the big challenge is how does he keep a large portion of the Trump base with him? I think he will, uh, uh, going back to Doug sometime back, I do know that no matter if it's San, if it were DeSantis or, or, or Nikki Haley, they would be evil uh, personified. There's no doubt that the press will kill them. Just like you you're, you were saying, if if, if Trump's the president, he's, he's going to be attacked. Well, they're going to be attacked too. That's simply what the press does to Republicans. But let's say that he is convicted. And also, Doug, by the way, I think the idea, uh, all these uh, cases against him are preposterous. I've listened to enough, uh, I would say, left of center lawyers who make it perfectly clear this is a political witch hunt. This has nothing to do with justice. However, if he is convicted, 
what he will lose will be independence, just like Josh said. And when those independents flee, there's no chance in the world that the Republicans are going to win the presidency. That's why if by some chance he is convicted, then I think that he needs to step aside and let somebody like DeSantis or Haley or somebody step in and maximize the probability that a Republican show, will win. Show, show the Democrats. Is there, is there, let me ask you this, Doug, hang on a second. Is there an outside Republican who we've not discussed this evening that when they get together for this convention in you know Milwaukee next next summer, is there some other candidate that could emerge as the stop Trump candidate at the last minute that isn't your candidate? You see anybody else no. coming out of the out of right or left field? I don't. Is, is there any question to you, Doug? Question to you is who is the person, the running mate? Who is the running mate that, in your opinion, not Donald Trump's opinion, your opinion, who is the running mate that would that would most likely keep Nikki Haley's supporters and Ron DeSantis supporters excited, even though they may be holding their nose and voting for Donald Trump? Is there a vice presidential candidate who can make a difference? I named two of them already. Christine Ohm, South Dakota governor. And uh, Byron Daniels, uh, South South Carolina. He's from Florida. Congressman. Donald, Florida. You mean Jim Brian? Jim you mean Florida, Brian? Florida, you mean Florida, Brian Donald, Congressman, no, African American. Brian from Florida. Florida. And, Byron Donalds, Florida. And he can't, he's from Florida. He can't be. He, yeah. You can't have a president and vice president from the same state. Yeah. What do you think, Doug? Uh, so he's out of the picture. Uh, so Christy Nome. Christy Nome. Uh, Jim Jordan would be a, would be another excellent one, but th this idea—you guys are—it's all just—it's—it's it's all just pie in the sky. This the Republican Party has changed. Right. Donald Trump changed the Republican Party. Okay. It's not going we bad. We it's not going Doug, bad. Doug, we understand that, but I, but right now I want to well, talk about I want to talk about elective politics and who and how votes or minds are changed. Is there anyone? that Donald Trump could pick as a running mate that would make you think twice about supporting the ticket, you, Doug, uh, uh, Josh Cantrell? Well, first of all, I can tell you, somebody like Jim Jordan or Christy Nome and people like that would repel independents and moderates who are, you're going to need in a general election to win. Even Christy Nome. Even Christy Nome. I, for me, I can't see myself ever voting for Trump again after January 6th. I just can't see it. But, you know, I want to get a quick response from Mike Miller and then because we're running okay. out of time. Mike, is there any vice presidential candidate that Trump could pick that would make you uh, rethink uh, your vote? Oh, I, I can tell you that I am so fearful that Mr. Biden, which would be Harris, would be the president next, that I will vote for Trump if he is the uh, uh, candidate. I prefer he not be. Uh, but um, I don't know who his vice president should be. It's going to be somebody who can work with, and what? I don't know who in the heck that is. One last quick question. I need a 10-second ten, ten answer. Could the running mate be Nikki Haley? Doug, five seconds to no, you. No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely God. not. Yes. Absolutely. That would be a great choice. we got to say farewell. Go ahead. Mike, last word to you. Last word to Mike Miller. It, it could be, and it it'll could be, be a case of Ronald Reagan. It, it will not it, be. Okay. Bush. 
Doug is saying, no way. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks to Fritz Coleman. Good night from Chicago.